It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Monday the 26th of July I'm Pete Donaldson and I'm joined by Mr Luke Moore we're doing the Luke and Pete show just two lads having a little chat about this and that how's your weekend been Lukey <laughs> so one of my favourite of your intros that been pretty good yeah. um, the weather finally broke didn't it which yeah. was oh it needed it didn't pleasing. it need it we needed it the, the, the <laughs> garden needed it Peter um, yeah. but yeah so um, all good yeah pretty good not, not much to complain about was that a friend's 40th birthday um, at the weekend which is kind of nice because it was the I think it was probably the most normal birthday party I've been to since all this stuff started happening so I was pretty happy right. with that were you going in for hugs and stuff because I've been to several uh, um, kind of my weekends are really filling up to be quite frank I don't think I've got a free one until October and it's worrying me it's, I'm, I'm getting showing off well I'm just saying that like we got excited about moving to a new house so my partner that I have access to yeah. has um, basically just thrown invites all over the gaff so just there's people arriving all the time uh, I was at a stag do over the weekend I also went to a wedding as well so just kind of in, in the right order but very very squished together uh, uh, we had I had a stag do in York for Friday and Saturday, and then went straight to Richmond Park for a wedding on the Sunday. <laughs> lovely, I've been to a wedding at Richmond Park. Absolutely lovely spot. It? What a beautiful spot. Yeah, so nice. What was the um, What was the stag weekend like? Um, it was. I've never been out drinking in York, and everyone's very lovely. We had a lovely old time. It was. It was. Ba- it, it seems that um, that. Uh, no one's really adhering to any kind of mask uh, wearing at all in York. I don't know whether that's just uh, unique to York or just people just generally are just done with it. But um, I was trying my best. I was trying to be safe and, and, and sensible because we we have all got responsibilities. We've all got loved ones. But uh, yeah, went to the races. That was like one big fucking petri dish. Uh, the real winner was Tit Tip. Um, a yeah. lot of very did you, were you wearing very some crazy yourself? dresses. I was wearing that just to get. It was crazy. I was like, what? Where do people wear these clothes? If if not at the races, yeah. like the men are all dressed like, um, like you know, like, like, like your provincial. Like what I used to wear two years ago, very bright, very brash top man clothes, uh, and the lasses are wearing just nothing. <laughs> and and so the races is a really interesting place because it's one of the only places I can think of where you genuinely get really posh people and really mm. working class people all there for mostly the same reasons. <laughs> it's kind of a weird. It's a weird situation because honestly, you can go. I was at Cheltenham races, the Cheltenham Festival, a few years ago, and you you can bump into people at Cheltenham who you think 
I don't want to be sat next to them on the train home. But you can also <laughs> next to people who I can't understand what they're saying because they're so posh. You know, you get everything, <laughs> everything from yeah. one extreme to the other. Uh, very, very interesting. But what did you did you back any winners? Well, the, the, the thing that confused me... Yes, yes, I did, look. actually. I, I, I Look, people complain about uh, the proliferation of, of betting in, in some of our uh, podcasts, and, and I uh, and to them I say, you've never won loads of money at the horses, because that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> were, were, you, were you really like, cheering it on down the final furlong, were you? I was honestly, I was like, I just picked the funny names. Um, I used to, I was trying to, I would pretend that I knew that what I was doing because I used to work in a betting shop back in the day. And and obviously, going back to a betting shop uh, at this point and and, and kind of putting bets on was very quaint. You get your little slip back with what you've written down. And uh, it really took me back to being 18 or 19 and working in John Joyce in the northeast of England in the betting shops. Um, And yeah, I had, I picked the silly names and also I uh, I picked one called Bangkok one called International Boy I think just a Friday uh, one, or the Saturday this is for uh, Saturday at York Saturday at York so I was I was I was back in a lot of each ways so from £50 in I made £300 That's what's true. that about Very That's good. wild isn't it yeah, That's International like about Boy came second in the, uh, in the 350 at 15 to 2 each, each way, way baby. baby and you, you backed Bangkok, Bangkok as well quite, I backed Bangkok and it came in first. That romped in at 14 to 1, Donaldson. (laughs) Absolute golden touch. My gosh, they call him. But the thing, the thing about it was that, like, I was looking at me and my friends were looking at the um, what we thought were the odds, but it turns out it was the weight of the horses. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That looks good. Put that on." That is excellent. And were you too embarrassed to claim your money? No, no, I, I stomped it because I didn't know which. I couldn't remember what each way actually means because for a big field you can get third place. It's places, like, yeah, it just way, depends on the size of the field. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, I don't know, like I, 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 I've forgotten all of that. I've forgotten what a Yankee was, forgotten what a, a Heinz is and stuff, and just yeah. put the uh, and just gave them the slips and went. Can I, is there any money in that? I love you. I love <laughs> the idea of you going up to uh, the the tote at the uh, side of the track and going, I'll have a. A tenner on International Boy at 11 stone 8, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's so yeah, fantastic. It turns out gambling's brilliant. I'm brilliant at it. And this is the start of a beautiful career uh, in which I lose my house. It's definitely a career for you. <laughs> I think that's 100% true. And I also... Um, one, of the, one of the best things about if you go... I love going to the races. I'm not going to make any bones about it. I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it. I enjoy going to the races. And I enjoy having a bet on the horses when I go there. One of the most fun things about it, particularly these days, is because you never really have cash anymore, right? Getting some money out, going to the races, having a tenner on something, and getting the winnings back in cash. Well, that's the thing. I'm in the past, I I think. I used my um, uh, electron card, or what's that one that they used to give you a solo card? Yeah, where you couldn't go past your overdraft. Um, I put, I, I got, you know, put the bets on with the card, but then they give you cash back, mm. which is very exciting. Yeah, because like, you, again, you just don't have cash anymore. And and the one thing I did sort of notice is that like. Like, you know, your Ascots and your Yorks, you know, they go on the races. People get really drunk there. But I don't know how, because they, they may have been putting these races on for 100 years. Could not get a drink for a lot right. of money. I had to, at one point, just buy a bottle of the cheapest champagne and just sit there, like, just outside the little hut and just drink it by myself. <laughs> Put glass by glass, just slamming can, it down. I can see it now. I've had two winners today. <laughs> Barman. Fetch me a celebratory bottle of your cheapest champagne. <laughs> well, it, it was £40 for the cheapest champagne, 
and uh, 48 for the second cheapest, the rosé version of the same champagne. Uh, but they, they only had one bottle of champagne left, and it was the rosé. She gave me £8 off, so there you go. They said, Mr Donaldson, <laughs> we closed some time ago. You really must be getting home now. <laughs> I can give you the one bottle finished. of champagne for 40 quid if you fuck off now. But you had a nice time, though, yeah? It sounds like it was great fun. Oh, good. I mean, it's... I, you know, I, I've taken a year off partying, and um, my body has not... In any way, kind of, my body's kind of left that life behind to a certain extent. Mm. So I did find it very difficult to uh, to make it to the wedding the, the, the evening after in Richmond. But um, but again, that was quite nice to be at a wedding. Yeah. Um, I think the limit is thirty people, so they limited to thirty people. Um, what? And you got the nod, Ryan? Guy Who called... was it? Well, I hadn't had the nod until last Friday. It basically just went, Pete, do you want to come to the wedding? Because we didn't think that the restrictions were going to be lifted. We didn't think we were going to be able to get this amount of people in. So um, please come if you want to come. Um, and so it's this um, Spanish girl and uh, a lad from Manchester getting married. And uh, it was really lovely. And and when the first dance happened, I may have had a heavy weekend. You I cried. did get a bit teary. Yeah. <laughs> I think the way they planned it was they went, right, we've got 30 people. Mm. First in, Donaldson. Then our parents are going to have to come as well, so that's five. But you were right up there. I think that a lot of people got pinged the week before. Maybe. You've been it's the been beneficiary that. Was it free? Party. Yeah. yeah, it was all free. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I felt quite guilty. Can, can, can I just ask what your, um, the races aside, because mm. I've not been to York, really. I've passed through it, mm. but I've not really been there. What would be the kind of takeaways from the apparently beautiful city of York as per your experiences? I don't know why your cathedral's uh, highest point is so flat. All of the other parts of York Cathedral have got big sort of little spires coming out, big spires coming out of the top of them. Yeah. But for some reason, the highest point on that cathedral is just very flat. You eat your dinner off it. I don't understand why it's so flat. I'm sure there's probably a reason. Maybe they run out of money. But I suggest we put little spires on top. Well, after <laughs> your winnings at the horses, presumably you could you could. Fund their new their new push, building. Push it straight in the box, mate. Push it straight in the box. <laughs> yeah, the box. transfer it straight. But, uh, straight for, listen, yeah. I've won this money on the horses. I'm transferring it straight to the house of God. The, with the money lenders <laughs> in the temple. Them. It's what Jesus would have wanted. <laughs> Classic. So, yeah, it was um, good. And, uh, go on. But yeah, and, and, and apparently um, they really like Vikings. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because obviously I used to go there a lot for school trips. You used to go to the Jorvik Viking Centre all of the time. Uh, but unfortunately, like, I, I kind of forgot about Jorvik Viking Centre and, and, and the train, train uh, museum and stuff. So like when I actually went, I could I saw loads of people dressed and I just thought it was like Game of Thrones or something. I was like, yeah. oh, these absolute dweebs going to the beer halls and uh, and uh, dressed as Game of Thrones. And then I remembered it's, uh, yeah, it's the Vikings, isn't it? <laughs> is it because the, um, is it because the Dane law was where York is? Where they had the I Danish, the, were, the, the Danish had their kind of their run of things in like in like uh, whenever it was like um, I don't know like the right. tenth century or something. I told you I read that right. book on the Anglo-Saxons, right? So I'm paraphrasing mm. here, but they had um, I think it's part of some kind of compromise when the Vikings were raiding England. They had their own little spot in England for a bit. Right, and I like, think it um, might be where like York is now. Maybe <laughs> I may I mean, I may be completely wrong, but it seems like that would be the obvious reason. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know when they built. I don't. Probably presumably later, they built their big uh, walls around the around the city. It's actually quite a hard city to get around because because uh, the walls, because the, the, the walls and the traffic's very heavy. And yeah, it's, I, I mean, I presume that's why they built the walls in the first place. But they've outgrown their use, and they should be knocked down. Isn't 
Dillerson's approach to fucking National Trust. Raise it to the ground. Um, isn't that every city now, though? I mean, not to get too Alan Partridge about it and talk about the pedestrianisation of Norwich City Centre, but isn't every city like that now? It's just... I, I, every time I go somewhere now, I'm going to visit someone. I'm going somewhere else. Someone who lives there will say, oh, yeah, don't go in the morning or in the afternoon because it'll be busy with traffic. Every single place. Right. It used to just be London and probably Birmingham, Manchester, like that. It's terrible everywhere now. I, I just sort of think that, you know, I appreciate that um, we, we have to think about emissions and we have to think about speed restrictions and we have to think about how we use our city and why we use uh, uh, certain parts of our cities. Um, but I will also say that I'm... I'm, you know, on the on the lip, hopefully, of, of of learning to drive. So it seems like everyone's had twenty years of good driving before I've got all of it. <laughs> I, just, I feel like fun. I've got in. I feel like I've got in oasis around BDI time. It's just, it's not right. <laughs> I feel I feel bad. They've taken the, as soon as we moved in. Apparently, they, they were like within three days of us moving in, the council had put a piece of paper on the wall uh, saying uh, we're going to be getting rid of some of your parking spaces. I was like, I've not used, a, <laughs> I've not needed a parking space for twenty years. Yeah. That I could have been driving. I didn't drive. Oh, Unbelievable. Is it enough to make you change your mind? Honestly, I'm going to go to the council and write a letter or something. That's it. What, um, as I was say to you, what, what is the latest on the old driving test? Are you taking, are you taking it again soon? I'm taking it again uh, relatively soon, uh, but for my own mental health, I'm not going to be announcing Fair what enough. I'm doing. Um, speaking of, um, the, re- the reason I'm not, I read about that, the other reason I read about that Dane Law place, I think, mm. I think that's how you pronounced it, is because mm. um, it was one of the questions that came up in the Wi-Fi have access to's life in the UK test, which she passed last week. Oh my god, that one where if you get to get citizenship and stuff. Yeah, you, but yeah, you need it for indefinite leave to remain, and you need mm. it for citizenship. Yeah. So those of you listening who haven't listened very long, my wife's not from the UK, and so she had to pass it last week, and she did. And one of the questions was about that. What, what do they think? I don't. You don't know. No. I do, you didn't know. No. I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> how that's going. I don't know how that's going to enhance you being a good British subject. No, it's not. Oh, I get. I get <laughs> that they could say like I don't know, like something about the roads or how yeah, to navigate how you pay somewhere, your tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or when a certain national holiday is. I can't understand that. But mm. I kind of feel like it should really just be if you are a native English speaker. Do you really need to be passing a test about which king was on the throne in like ten sixty six? Not really. No, and and also presumably talking about York and, and and the Vikings and stuff like that's not our history. That's an invading force. <laughs> How far do you want to go back? How far do you want to go yeah, back? For crying out loud, do the Big Bang. So I promise you now, if, if you t- if you arrived at that test, I think it's probably fifty fifty about whether you'd pass or not. Oh, I d- we should do it one time. I think it's it's quite uh, it's quite long, isn't it? It's surprisingly twenty four questions, I think. Uh, but they're multiple much, choice. They are multiple choice. To be fair, right? Well, can we, we we should take it online and see uh, for for next week. See uh, how many we get right. All right, I'm up for that. That sounds good. Yeah, cool. Um, done. Write it down. <laughs> also, can we make a mental note on Thursday to talk mm-hmm. about uh, the Olympics, please? Uh, yeah, it's on. It's happening. It's happening. It's fucking happening. Because you I are a Japanese time expert. Yeah, the only time we've talked about the Olympics is uh, when when I was talking about uh, uh, the Japanese composer being fired. Yes. and he, he actually got fired in the end. I think so. Uh, it's been a trouble yeah. build up. That's been a trouble build up, and it was, And to be honest, that was like four days before it kicked off, and there was still had another scandal to go. Yeah, I know. Like, like me, after about six the points of the pub, denial. it's a troubled build up. Um, 
So, <laughs> so we should talk about that on Thursday. Cause I and think he will Brit- deny it. No, he won't deny it. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Brit- Great Britain have got a few, good few medals as well. So, mm. But before we go to a break and do some emails, I really wanted to talk to you about something I was reading about over the weekend, which okay. is, so you know that ultra marathons have become like a big deal now. So, could you explain to uh, the, the the silly listeners that don't know what an ultra marathon is? Because I definitely know what they are. Yeah, right. So, an ultra marathon is any organised race that is longer than a marathon. So, the twenty six point two miles I think the marathon is. If it's longer than that, it technically qualifies as an ultra marathon. But I, I think right. I, I believe I'm right in saying that the passion and participation for ultra marathons is bigger than it's ever been it's become like a really big deal mm. i don't know why uh but it but it has and there are lots of them all around the world and i think there's probably a circuit and there's professional athletes and all the rest of it but anyway over the weekend i was reading one about this um event called the bad water ultra marathon right right and it's in bad water basin right which is the hottest part of the hottest place in the world so it's at the bottom yeah. of death valley in california Yes. And it's 135 miles. And, so that, so, and, and presumably people die and it shouldn't exist, but, you know, well, freedom, yeah. America, all that. That's for other people to, to decide, I suppose. But it takes place in <laughs> mid-July as well. And it can Jesus. reach 54 degrees centigrade or 130 degrees Fahrenheit. And they start it degrees. at night. But, of course, because it's so long, it normally takes people about... The, the, the very, very quick ones, it normally takes them between mm. 25 and 30 hours or whatever. But anyway, yeah. it's an amazing thing. Obviously, it's incredibly dangerous, and there's loads of different Imagine safe things Imagine being in a Mr. Blobby on. costume. Say again? Imagine being in a Mr. Blobby costume. I don't think they do it with that on. <laughs> I mean, I suppose you... Well, having said that, having said help. that, in a Mr. Blobby costume, you wouldn't suffer from something that I read about which made me... Bring us to the table today, right? Apparently, it's so hot that um, one of the regular kind of ailments or injuries people get is the yeah. sun beats down off the the, 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 the surface of the, the ground and beats mm. back up again. And the sun is so strong that some of the regular complaints that happen that come from participants is sunburnt mouths and nostrils. So they get sunburned on the Why inside of their mouth and in their nostrils. Why are they doing this to themselves? I know. Isn't it's, it insane? It's, 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 but it's like, I I have no concept for that level of heat. I have no concept for anyone doing a marathon because I've never done one. Yeah, same. <laughs> I once got a ticket to, I once got access to, uh, the, uh, to the London Marathon as part of a radio feature and didn't do it um, because uh, I sprained my ankle. And, you know, I wasn't looking forward to it anyway. I, so, I, so I have very little concept of what, a, what an actual marathon kind of um, involves, which is sad on, 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 my, on my part. But doing it in the hottest part of the world at the hottest time of the year and you're getting your n- nostrils sunburned. You really have to look at... It's almost BDSM. It's weird. And why are you doing it? I think there's definitely a bit of that sensibility about it, for sure. But apparently, ever since it's yeah. become the Adventure Corps Badwater Marathon or Badwater Ultra Marathon, like an official event, mm. no, there's never been a fatality. And apparently only 20 to 40% of people fail to reach the finishing line. So, I mean, it's well, well, look, pretty full on. On. <laughs> on, uh, on temperatures, actually... Um, we um, very occasionally touch on the whole um, Fahrenheit Celsius debate, um, but people have been noticing that on your Apple iPhone, 
not really. Uh, but I mean, it's not only, is it the only Americans that do use Fahrenheit? Americans do Fahrenheit. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. very big on it. Yeah. So um, the Apple iPhone, people were noticing that uh, y- you never get sixty-nine um, degrees Fahrenheit on it, huh. and they thought it was because. Apple just didn't want, yeah, 69, dude. Like, Really? You can't the ban phone. the number 69. Well, because 69 has become a bit the of a The French should be meme. fuming. <laughs> um, but then it turns out that, um, I, think it, I think it was Marcus Brownlee, the uh, tech uh, YouTuber, a very, very clever bloke. He, he um, sat down with, with a couple of phones and stuff and, and, and tested all these places around the world that, that would have been 69 uh, degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and he found that not only do you not get a 69, you also don't get, I think, a 65 and a 62. Right. Uh, so something fishy was going on. And, and he found out that it was because Apple use uh, the Weather Channel um, data set, effectively, and they... Um, and they work in Celsius, so they've obviously got to, you know, translate from Celsius to Fahrenheit. And if you do yeah. that, you never get a sixty-nine, you never get a sixty-five. But people thought it was a genuine bit of Apple being misery guts, like not wanting the word sixty-nine, dude, on the, on the weather app. So I think, that, uh, interesting enough, sixty-nine Fahrenheit is exactly twenty point five five Celsius. So I guess they go, would yeah. never, so you never have that. Yeah, would never yeah. have it. It would always be sixty-seven, sixty-eight, or seventy. Then I suppose, huh? Mm. That is interesting. I guess. You think you would? You think nowadays though they'd be more precise. Like you'd have like a, you know, you would be able to sort of have a, um, a twenty-five point five or something or a sixty-five. Uh, I've been I've been obsessed three. with the temperature since I got a bit older. Um, the Wi-Fi I have access to always teases me about it, um, yeah. and um, because in the hot days, like when you know you get those heat waves in London like we had last week, mm. I kind of carry the thermostat around with me to see how hot it is. <laughs> and sometimes I'll catch myself saying, Do you know what, it's actually uh, two degrees cooler at this point than it was this point yesterday. And Mimi's like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I'm taking it with I'm, me everywhere I go. Since I'm, since I, what, like an actual little thermostat thing? Like a little kind of... Yeah, it's a carry one around anyway, because you, you take it, the reason that we carry it around is because it, it does your central heating in the winter. So you don't want it stuck on the wall, because if you if you stick it on the wrong wall in a room that's always hot or something, it'll be very difficult for you to get the heating going. So you take it oh, with whoa, you. Oh, steady. See, so hang on. You in your bag have got the therm- the controller for your boiler slash heating system. Oh, at home. So you just, right. You carry it around with you, you at carry home it around the house. Right. Okay, yeah. So, okay. so I thought you meant like in the street. What I'm saying is, if you go, to, it's, say it's winter and it's cold outside, mm. and you want and you want your bedroom, do you want to sleep in your bedroom and you want it to be 19 degrees or whatever? Yeah. Put the thermostat in the bedroom because if you put the thermostat in a different room, it's going to do that, that room. It's going to be different, right? Okay, I see. <laughs> I thought you were taking it on holiday and stuff. Yeah, I've got it here with me now. Yeah. Well, well, well. Look, since we've uh, moved to to the coast, uh, I am a little bit more interested in tides. I wasn't interested before. Now I'm oh, like, big. tides are confusing. I, I I don't know when they come in, when they come out. Some days it's earlier, some days it's not. Some days one pm it's it's full. Um, sometimes five in the morning is, is when you can actually have a swim. But who wants to go in for a swim at like seven eight in the morning? It's too cold. It's interesting you brought it up because it does change. And it's obviously to a, to a certain extent it's affected by the moon's orbit, right? I thought it was like just seasonal. I thought it was just like it is as know, well. If there was any cha- if there was any change, it would just be seasonal. It wouldn't change from week to week. It is. It's, it, no, it does. It changes. It kind of it's because it's not exactly uh, a twenty four hour day. I think so. It changes a right, yeah. certain bit here and there. But the um, I see. The, did you see that there was news a week or two ago from NASA saying that um, 
because the because this is a bit of a complicated one, but I remember making notes about it at the time, but we didn't talk about it. Because the move, the moon's orbit is at a slight incline relative to the Earth. There's a wobble mm. effect, right? And um, there, there's there's definitely some fear that there's gonna there will be a wobble coming up, and that's really going to affect the tides, and it might affect there might be a lot more serious flooding than they've had before in certain places. Right. So it can really it can really affect it. But then, of course, when you factor in the idea that oceans are rising anyway because of climate change. It becomes a little bit. Um, it can become a little bit problematic, and I, I don't know. This is this is probably a bit of a um, a bit of a leap anyway. But just as an aside, have you seen how much flash flooding there was in London like last week? Like that was insane. Yeah, like, it's an incredible amount I, of. I um, saw that guy having. I saw that guy. Um, there was that shot of the. Um, there's a little tunnel. Uh, there's a kind of overpass and a, and a tunnel might be a tra- train line, um, and everyone was just kind of like waiting. And this guy just absolutely just started tearing it in his car, um, and and obviously just started floating about. He just yeah. totaled his car because he just drove into the bloody water like an idiotic. Idiot. Um, this is, I, I've been stopped because of flooding, and I'm going to be delayed on my journey. How can I make this better? By doing that, oh, now I've also lost my car. <laughs> it's a fucking stupid thing to do. Like, you he's know that, and you haven't even passed your not, He's gone from one big problem, one medium-sized problem, to the worst problem he'll ever have, and he'll be talking about that until he dies. He's I gone. Remember when I was an idiot? He's taken that story from, oh, do you remember that, to this is the worst day of my life. It's being filmed, yeah. and people are going, "Oh mate, why have you done that? Why have you driven into it? You're yeah, fucking idiot!" Unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, Pete, we need to have a break because we haven't had one, and we need to squeeze we an do. email or two in. So let's take a quick break while we uh, contemplate that, and then when we come mm. back, we'll do some emails from our lovely listeners. Don't go anywhere. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Join me, Jaguar, the host of BBC Introducing Dance on Radio 1 for my brand new podcast, Utopia Talks. It's a reactive platform to discuss issues that my generation care about in dance, music, culture and the wider world. I'll be talking to some of the biggest names in dance music, including people like Heidi. The lineups do not need to be 99% male-driven. Mm. There's all these interesting new producers and women that are coming through, you know, all sorts. Yeah. It's like women are speaking out now. And the sensational Bless Madonna. I feel like literally my entire life has led up to this. This is the first event we've had like this, not just in the UK, but really in the Western Hemisphere. And to be able to be here with all of these people who are so happy is just absolutely the biggest, highest joy of my life. As well as having the meaty conversations I often have with friends that I'd love you to join in with. There's so much new energy coming out of the pandemic and there's so many like new nights and festivals and everyone's really pushing for this new structure where people genuinely don't feel anxious Mm -hmm. about coming to a club night because of the way they look or the way they dress. It's more about everyone in. To me, Utopia is a perfect moment. It's togetherness. It's the future. 
I want to live in a more inclusive, equal world, and I hope this podcast will build a community and help create change. Subscribe now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. New episodes dropping every Wednesday. Welcome to Utopia Talks. Utopia Talks is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Welcome back. It's time for emails on the Luke and Pete Show. If you would like to uh, send us a dispatch, it's a really simple. Hello at LukeandPeteShow.com. Uh, and we can also be found on Twitter at Luke and Pete Show. Lovely. Yes, indeed. Right, I've got an email here from Alex who says, Hi, lads. Currently isolated due to a close contact. Sorry to hear that, Alex. Oh. And it's given me a bit of time to look through some old LPs I haven't listened to in a while. While doing so, I was reminded of a vintage dad move by the father I have access to about a decade now. Sorry, about a decade ago now. Jesus, I can't read to that. I read that whole sentence again. While doing so, I was reminded mm-hmm. of a vintage dad move by the father I have access to about a decade ago now. There we go. Um, <laughs> we often used to do family car boot sales to raise a few quid and clear the house of stuff. One time, my dad rather surprisingly took his whole ACDC collection along, laid them out on the stall, and then, brilliantly, flat out refused to sell them to anybody who inquired or made an offer. <laughs> he then took them back home and stored them away again. I'm unsure exactly why he wanted to do this, other than perhaps showing off his record. I know he's very sentimentally... Sorry, other than showing off his records. I know he's very sentimentally attached to ACDC. He once told me he only wrote in black ink for a year after original frontman Bon Scott died in 1980. I mean, I'm mostly writing black ink anyway. I'm not sure anyone would notice that. But it's a, it's a personal tribute, and fair enough. This leads me to ask a couple of questions, says Alex. Firstly, are either of your dads, or the dads of anybody listening, particularly precious about something, and if so, why? And secondly, what's the weirdest thing you or anyone has ever seen, bought, sold, or experienced at a car boot sale? They can be very interesting places, especially when all of the diehard collectors are out and about at 6am. Cheers for the company, Alex. Now, uh, my dad's not precious about anything apart from everything. Right. You never know what his thing will be. Like, if he gets upset about something, you never know why. Like, you'll, never, you'll never see it coming effectively. He'll be annoyed that someone's moved something, um, but you didn't know it was important to him, etc., etc. So, yeah, it, it always comes out of... Um, you always get blindsided by it, to be honest. Always out of left field, that one. Your dad, is he not attached to the bone he keeps on his chain around his neck? <laughs> well, no one's taking that because no one wants that piece of trash. Does he still I mean, wear no it? doubt. Yeah, he still wears it. No doubt when uh, when he departs this plane, I'll have it around my neck like the weirdo that we are. So we just gotta, when your dad sadly shuffles off this veil of tears, <laughs> I think you should wear it as a tribute. Yeah, I think I should too. And I am. Um, <laughs> my dad isn't really precious about. Oh, he's precious about the garage. Um, and so my right. dad gets precious about. The garage and the kind of workshop he's got next to the garage, which is fair enough because mm. like it's his thing and yeah. he likes things to be in the right way. And he's mm. also very particular about how the dishwasher is loaded. Right, okay. Because I'm a recent dishwasher convert. I've never had a dishwasher before and uh, they've got a weird setup in the new house. They didn't really have a drying board. So I was like, well, we're going to have to just... They had a dishwasher. So I presume that's how they got, got their things done. Um, so, I, so I got a, a dishwasher and it's all... 
I, I didn't realise it needed salt because we were living in, like in a hard water area. I didn't really know that you just didn't put cups on the side. I, I'm a re- if you saw if you saw my dishwasher, he would hit the fucking roof. He'd have to stand in his shed for a bit. <laughs> he He'd would. just be so angry. He would. Um, <laughs> so we haven't got a drying rack at our house either, but we've got like a a space on the side with like a rubber kind of mat that yeah, we use. Yeah. But there's no kind of there's no like old-fashioned, like metal kind of drying thing on the side of the sink because we've mm. got this um, different. We've got this like butler sink thing, which is different. But right, um, my my my. So first of all, I'm surprised that you. Normally, the first time I would have heard of you having a dishwasher was when you unnecessarily took it apart. That'd be first thing. Or put uh, washing up liquid in, which I have done before to a dishwasher. That is that a disaster. Is, uh... That is, Never do that. <laughs> you think do it that. would work, but it doesn't no, work. No, it does not it work. It doesn't matter how little you put in, and it's so much form, so much form. It goes to show you how little washing up liquid you have to use generally. But um, yeah, but yeah. So so I think I, I with the dishwasher thing, I do under. So I think a lot of tablets you can get now have got salt in them as well, mate. So you don't need to worry about yeah. it. It's like an all-in-one no, type no, thing. No, I tried, tried that, mate. Didn't work. No, you need, you need, to, you know, I need extra salt because it's a very hard water area. Seaside, isn't There's it? nothing more disappointing than <sighs> waiting for the dishwasher cycle to finish, opening the dishwasher, and it's not really cleaned very well. Because mm, I'll be honest with you yeah. now. I'll be honest with you right now. I have got a dishwasher, and I know as much as this, right? I load it with dirty stuff. I press the button. One particular light lights up. I then close the dishwasher and it starts. When it finishes, it pops open. That's all I know. If, if, yeah. if I one day got to the dishwasher, we've had this new kitchen for about three years. If I one day got into the kitchen, opened the dishwasher, and a different light was showing, I wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know the diagnosis. But that's never I happened. Think, I, think, I think with... Uh, but what I do like about that... Modern technology, modern kind of white goods, they're quite fucking needy. Like... It finishes and it just starts beeping. The washing machine, beep, beep, oh, yeah. beep. You, microwave, you finish something, beep, beep, yeah. beep. The oven timer finishes, beep, beep, beep. Why are you so bloody needy? Yeah. Like the washer, the washer. As long as it's hermetically sealed, as long as I don't open it, it'll remain fresh for half a day, I reckon. And I have proved that in the past. <laughs> but they're just needy, and the microwave is very needy. It's like just, it, it, it just beeps for ages, and then. Takes a minute off and then starts beeping again. All right, mate, I'll get to you. You, you you've probably made the beans a bit hot right now, so I'm going to give it five minutes. Okay. Have you um wait, have wait, you ever wait, put wait. something you shouldn't have in a dishwasher? Like what? Like a, a because a you you sent, the reason I'm asking <laughs> wait, that is because you sent a very frightened video to me the other day of you putting olives in the dishwasher uh, in the did I say dishwasher? I meant microwave. He said microwave, yeah. I've, 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 yeah, I put two olives in the microwave and it just started sparking the fuck out. It was brilliant. Is that because their iron content's so high? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Some, isn't there? Aren't there certain things like grapes? Make grapes explode. Stuff, but you, you yeah, can, you yeah. can do, you can do grapes for a bit. I used to put grapes in mm. porridge and put it in the microwave. You can get away with it for like fifteen seconds. But they do oh, genuinely they like know. little grenades in the microwave for too long. And they're fucking <laughs> like hot. Really fucking hot <laughs> as well. I think it must be because the water the water content's so high, but they turn right, into yeah. tiny fucking bastard grenades. It's bad. <laughs> There's the second worst thing's happened. So two bad things have happened in my house when the Wi Fi I have access to was away, right? One is exploding grapes in the microwave and took me ages to clean it, but thankfully the microwave was fine. Secondly, mm. Not long after we painted the bedroom, I um I had blueberries in my porridge and I was eating them in bed mm. and I'd put them in the microwave as well. And I stuck my spoon into a blueberry 
and it absolutely spat staining oh, no. blue liquid mm. all up the wall behind me. Oh, I had, mate, I had to, I had to repaint the wall. It's, it, that's the thing. You don't know what's going to be coffee. I always worry about coffee. Coffee's fine. You can usually get that off stuff. But um, yeah, anything fruit, fruity, anything fruity on the wall is a nightmare. Like, and, and and that's my responsibility now. I don't have to. Wor- I have to worry about that. I have to repaint stuff. I think. I oh, think. Make a, when you're Pete Donaldson, listen. We should get out of here and leave. But we should leave on this note. When you're Pete Donaldson, stain removal is a big part of your life. <laughs> the dogs are involved as well. So, you know, the dogs mixed in. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Right, let's get out of it. We'll be back on Thursday for more of this nonsense. If you've got anything to say to us about horse racing, weddings, ultra marathons, temperatures, dishwashers, microwaves, and foods that stain, please get in touch. Hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. You can get in touch about anything, but they're the kind of touch points for today's show. We've enjoyed talking to you. Thanks very much for lending us your ears. We hope to have them back again on Thursday. But until then, we'll say goodbye. Say goodbye, Peter. Comprehensive. Goodbye. Goodbye from me as well. The Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.